this practice is about. Um, sometimes this paramita of concentration is discussed as one-pointed uh, uh, one-pointed concentration so that the mind gets trained to focus very pointedly on one thing at a time. And some people will, in their meditation, will concentrate on a candle or a one point on the floor or some mantra that you keep going over and over so that the mind can train itself to, to, get, to get focused. Uh, and instead of, as we call, monkey mind, you know, to be jumping all over the place. One of the current diagnoses that sometimes people get um, uh, called on is called ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder, which is kind of a, an interesting uh, label. Um, that sometime uh, that the, that there's a a deficit of attention that's that somehow we can't uh, galvanize enough attention to put it on something that we are our attention is just scattered is dispersed all over the place. Well, have you ever considered that it's not the fault of the person with the attention deficit disorder, but maybe due to the fact that there are so many demands on our attention that we, we just, it's healthy not to have, to be able to pay attention to so many things that we're not designed to have our attention assaulted the way it is by so many things in the world that of course we're going to have a deficit of attention because there's just too much coming at us and we, we can't handle it all. So in a way, I think having attention deficit is a healthy thing, um, that we have, we have limits, that, uh, that we, we perhaps can only attend to one thing at a time. And that this multitasking idea that we need to cut ourselves up, cut our attention up into little pieces, is a, not a healthy thing because we don't do anything good, anything well. We just, I like to say, we, we dig a lot of shallow wells, but never a deep well. So, this is another way of thinking about concentration. That, you know, when you, when you uh, buy uh, some orange juice, um, concentrate, orange juice, concentrate. You know, this, you know what I'm talking about. Um, that is the essence of the orange. That's the concentration. It's not so much that it is one-pointed, singular, but it's 
it's concentrated, it's deep, it's essential. So this may be a little bit of a different way of conceiving concentration. Instead of being rigidly able to focus on one thing, concentration is about being able to focus on the essential, the essence of something. Just as in concentrating concentrated juice, we have the essence of something. So today, when I got this call from George, and I noticed this was true with Michael and Ed, um, there was, in a way, that form of concentration. So when I asked Ed and Michael can you do this, can you do that, it wasn't this kind of intense, uh, rigid, oh my God, how, do I, how am I going to do this? You know, and similarly with me, I was kind of surprised at myself this morning because I don't like to be surprised by things that are so meaningful to me. I, I really care about Oan and how we how we function here and how we we conduct ourselves and I want to give the very best I want to have the very best talk being given and so this is a very meaningful thing in my life and when somebody throws a a wrench <laughs> into it, it pisses me off uh, <laughs> and and I can I can actually get oh you know why isn't anybody showing up why are they why aren't they meeting their responsibilities? You know, and how am I going to do this and get all kinds of, you know, me to Google online and find concentration and figure out how to put, how to put a Dharma talk together, you know, in 15 minutes? I wasn't, somehow, I wasn't, I was kind of surprised at myself. I was just like, oh, sure. You know, like, okay. So it wasn't, Yes, like I gotta do this. It was okay. Um, I'm going to put my attention in a spacious way, not in a constricted way. So, what we're pra- actually practicing here is not this, oh, I'm gonna concentrate on this one thing, but a spaciousness which allows us, as things arise, to, to meet them. Sure. Yeah, okay. Because we have a spacious mind. Not because we have a mind that kind of is like a, a hammer. Concentrating on this. Concentrating on that. Concentrating on that. And to constrict our attention but it's more to expand our attention. To, and so this is a kind of a misunderstanding, I think, of concentration. That's, again, the caveat is always, this is Mado's idea. <laughs> you do with it what, what you want to do with it. Um, and I think other teachers would take a, a different tack on it, probably have a, has, have a much more, um, like, mind training 
approach. That is not the way I see this. So it's, it's letting go more and more of that intense focus, but opening more and more so that actually we call it in, in Zen beginner's mind. Yeah, you got to stop. <laughs> Something is affirming. <laughs> yeah, so life is full of these surprises, right? The lights go out, someone calls you with an emergency, uh, you know, your you know, your toilet doesn't work, your students are are berating you, uh, your you know, someone in your family gets really sick, uh a, a a strange cat appears at your door, you know. It's like just life is full of these spontaneous things that we could consider um, emergencies, crises, uh, surprises that we don't, we're not expecting, things that we don't expect. And this is what we're training for because the first noble truth is or one of the first marks of existence, is impermanence. So we really, if we live, live out of this truth of impermanence, we cannot count on anything. And so a concentrated mind, if a, if a, if a, if a, a, a skillful mind and a healthy mind is going to be able to meet the flow of life, it cannot be rigid. Because what it pays attention to is flowing and changing all the time. And so, in effect, we should never be surprised by anything. Just as, in a way, when George called me, I said, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, sure, I'll, you know. Yeah, I'll be dough on. It's like, that's what we're preparing for. To meet every circumstance as it flows by. So concentration, beginner's mind. Beginner's mind. A mind that is empty, emptier of expectation of rigidity but is able to see clearly because it's open and spacious and available to whatever arises which is usually going to be something that we would say is surprising and how wonderful such a life is that we're always surprised because surprises, in this sense, are life-giving. They wake us up. You know, so I'm on automatic pilot this morning, and yeah, I can rest and let George do the Dharma talk. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to coast. Maybe I'll do a couple bows for him, and you know, I'll be able to sit and practice. And and then, oh, nope, that's not. It's not going to happen. And so how do we meet that? Constant, you know, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm waking up. 
and now, okay, now I, my concentration is about, okay, now how do I do this? Now, now I'm, I'm going to do this with this open mind. And um, interestingly enough, things filled in. <laughs> I mean, I could have been Doan, Han player, and Doshi today, and running from one cushion to the other. <laughs> but no, things kind of fell into place. And all this might, might have been worry and constriction. What am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? Allowed life to flow in. And, and sometimes it doesn't do that quite, but it'll flow in in a different way. And yeah, maybe I will have to move from there to there to here. And that, so that'll be my practice for today. So, um, this, this cultivation of spaciousness, um, there's a, many stories in Zen, in the Zen tradition, that illustrate this. And one of them is about uh, the farmer, and some of you may have heard this one, who, I may often use this, uh, a farmer who um, is given a gift of a pack of wild horses. And he, um, he's training these horses, uh, and his neighbor arrives and says to him, wow, what a great, great gift of all these wild horses. Um, and the farmer says, maybe. And as the horses uh, develop and, and continue to live on the farm, one of them happens to knock down the farmer's son in, in his wildness and breaks the son's leg. And the neighbor comes and says, oh my goodness, what a terrible thing that your son's leg has been broken by these horses. And the farmer says, maybe. It turns out that because the son has broken his leg, he doesn't have to go into the army this one. And the neighbor comes home and says, oh, what, how great! You know, your son now doesn't have to serve in the army because he has a broken leg. And the farmer says, maybe. So you get the point that as things occur, we, we, we don't grasp on. We don't say, oh yes, this is great. Oh, this is terrible. What happened this morning? This is awful. Nobody showed up. Well, maybe. But maybe I get to see Ed practicing the Han and Michael. So it's it's not oh yes, this is this is exactly what I wanted, but that maybe is opening the mind, 
let's see. I'm not going to I'm not going to clamp down on any particular circumstance. That's not concentration. To get to get really I'm using the word constricted. Concentration is paradoxically as many things are in Zen paradoxical. It's really an opening rather than closing down. It's really about acting and living out of the essence of things, which is impermanence. And if you're going to meet impermanence, you have to have a mind that's flexible. Not a mind that is like, oh, I'm really, there's my box and I'm just, that's not, uh, that's not what we're practicing. So those of you who are here, you know, I can't concentrate. My mind is all over the place. Have some compassion for yourself because your mind is being assaulted. (laughs) It's it's not your fault. So sure, you, you, you can't concentrate. And it may be that you need to examine what you're being asked to concentrate on. Maybe the thing you're being asked to concentrate on is totally, you're totally disinterested in. You really don't want to concentrate on it. <laughs> because it doesn't move you, it, does, it's not, it's, it doesn't uh, claim your... It's not meaningful to you. It's boring. It's whatever. So the fact that you can't concentrate may signal the fact that you've got something in front of you that doesn't deserve your attention. And you may need to, to find something that does. So this sense of, I can't concentrate and there's something wrong with me, and I have to come to meditation to really learn how to focus. Uh, I can let that go. And, and maybe begin to shift, to shift your sense of what, what you're doing here as being more open. And it's interesting, I wonder if Michael and Ed and myself if we weren't in the context of practice, whether if, I, if someone um, surprised you with something you needed to do and you weren't pr- prepared to do it at that moment, whether you'd say, sure, <laughs> you know, or something like, I wasn't planning on doing this. Uh, or it's your responsibility to do this. You know, I don't. I don't want to do this because I'm surprised by it, and I'm. I'm, you know, I'm not. I didn't work out <laughs> a Dharma talk today, so forget it. But we were in the context of practice, and so this is something we need to carry with us into our daily life. We get surprised. Sure. I'll 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 attend to this. I'll trust life, you know, trust the flow of of life. 
and it'll it'll be what it'll be.